Nice Things. Hello, good evening and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... My name is Paul Carmichael and this week I fear I have suffered for my art, quite frankly. And now it's your turn. Yes, now it's your turn out <laughs> To there, quote maybe. the great Neil Innes. Right, go oh. on. No, no, have you ever suffered for your art? Can you ever think of a time... Oh, I. Go on, give us a... When have you suffered, would you say? God, mm. a word you want to start? Um, I would say that... <laughs> I can think of one. <laughs> I, I could think of one. Yes, yes, I could think of... I could think of many, to be honest. Mm. Uh, if I had to narrow it down, I would say mm. that first big show in London. Mm. That was, that was like... 20-hour days for months. Mm. Um, literally making bricks from straw. Well, yeah, absolutely. And then having to present the wall to the public. Yes. Gonna build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. That, no, no, I remember I remember the you know, our first little show. Oh London. god, yes. Lion and Unicorn, Kentish Town. That's the fella. That was that was quite That was suffering that was... too. I didn't speak to anyone for a month. Yeah. No, you really put yourself through it to get the lines down. Sorry about that, dear. Yes, but, your um, fault. It is my fault. But then, I mean, uh, uh, remarkably, of course, that was the <laughs> the raw was performed. The raw, the panic attack. The yes, the last oh, one I had on stage. I, I once did. I was thinking because of the discussion we had this week. I once did a production of uh, Beckett's play. You know, yeah. where where you're in urns and you've got to speak incredibly quickly, but keeping the whole thing going about all yeah. that sort of thing. I did that, but it was a four-hour performance. It oh was just my. that repeated cycle, so it became a sort of art installation. Yeah. I've, I weed. In the urn? I, yes. Well, okay. I mean, it wasn't even a full urn, because you couldn't get in an urn, of course. It was the front sort of semicircle of the urn, just propped yeah. up with wood, and eventually I just weed, because I think after three and a half hours, I was like, I'm not letting, not letting Beckett down, so... Yeah, well, um, it, it was so strange when I was, um, I can't think what show it was. Anyway, Denise Coffey mm. came to it. Um, mm. And Denise Coffey being, um, you know, the great actress who worked so much with Beckett. Yes. Um, her tales of working with Beckett were interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Also, her tales of Beckett's 80th that she attended and the enormous amount of booze they all put in. I'd have liked to I, have gone to that. I'd have liked to have gone to that. That would have been wonderful. Ronnie Scott's, I believe. Oh. Yeah, and her and uh, Patrick McGee were rolling round in the gutters at six in the morning, after being unceremoniously removed. Oh. I know. That'd have been a good piss-up, wouldn't it? That would have been lovely. I would have liked that. I would you have would, You know that. what? I really You would have really would that. have loved that. More than anyone in the world. Oh, you, I mean, my legs have gone tense when you yeah. described it. It's that level of need. Can you imagine? I mean, what oh. year was it? Was it was it 1988 or something? Beckett was 80. Yes, it would have been. It was something like that, wasn't it? Was it was around because, there. So I mean, we're, it wouldn't we're not now. even talking about the 60s. We're talking about a time when I was alive. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I'm trying to think. It wouldn't happen now, but... Uh, BBC Two probably did an evening, didn't they, Beckett at 80? Mm. Um, and they broadcast, I think, they, I know it was Act One of Godot. I think they also put out uh, All That all that Fall? Yes, and that night they showed Mountain Language, which is my favourite mm. Beckett play, which is all about 
um, dehumanizing people in, in a war situation by yes. removing their language. A bit like the Highland Clearances, destroy the culture, and yeah. then you destroy the person. That's really, I love that. And I think it's Juliet Stevenson, um, mm. isn't it? Oh, I've got it all. Of, if you've not got it, I have. Oof. I've got it all. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, it's like um, off an old tape. Oh, yeah. And then in 2000, of course, um, Channel 4 did that wonderful thing where they filmed every single Beckett play. And some of those productions, that's where play, that's, you know, Alan Rickman, mm. uh, Juliet Stevenson, ah, Kirsten, Scott Thomas. That's it. <laughs> They're the three. Jesus, that's a good production. That's a powerful piece of work. Telly but wouldn't all do of, this now. Who wouldn't? Telly. No, Telly wouldn't, no. It's also got John Gielgud's final ever performance in anything, which is just where he's just stood as a male model just in his pants. Is that how and long ago that was? 2000, yeah. It wasn't. Gielgud was. died. He didn't die that long ago, did he? Uh, yeah, I think so. Are mate. you sure about this? I'm sure it was 2000, and I'm sure that was the last thing he did. I think Definitely. we need to have a Google to see when Gilgood died. Oh, a cheeky died. Google to start the day. Yeah, because oh, I'm. Okay. I mean, I've been drunk for like twenty-five years, so yeah. that's fine. Um, I'm I'm happy to be proved incorrect. Uh, good Lord, two thousand. Jesus. Go. So that's all go. that was. That was that only release though. Like, didn't he? Is are you not talking about the porno he did? No, because no, he's no, in no. some sort of. Porn thing, isn't it? I thought that's what it was. Hang on, let me no. have a look. Wasn't the right, last no. thing that they released of Gielgud were right. they referred okay, to no, as porn? No, uh, I, might, I might have a copy of this, so maybe I can explain. Uh, so, Caligula... Here we go. Your... John Gielgud's scripted gay porn film still faces estate opposition. Oh. Trouser Bar. That was it, Stylin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starring Nigel Havers and Julian Clary. Yeah, a gay porn film based on a screenplay written by the late Sir John Gielgud has finished production despite opposition from his estate. Trouser Bar is set in a men's workshop where an orgy takes place and stars oh. Nigel Havers and Julian Clary as passers-by. That was it. I remember there was summer. Uh, what year was that? It was still being blocked in 2015. Yeah, that's more like it. Right. There you go, the drunken brain of uh, Sir Michael um, uh, occasionally yields Gielgud. Yes. No, no, absolutely. I had no idea about Trouser Bar. Honestly? Yeah, no idea. Because I immediately thought you were referring to Caligula. Because, of course, famously, Caligula, uh, there are two versions. Because mm -hmm. in one of them for the orgy scenes, when Malcolm McDowell, etc., had gone off home for the day, they'd bring in the hardcore actors yeah. and they'd get shagging. So, But that's yeah. now the version that's available on HMV, apparently. I wouldn't know. Yes. I have got it, yes. I'm trying to think of the director of... It's not De Dino De Laurentiis, is it? That's my. Do you know what feeling. I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Equus. All oh, right. It's Who more... is the American, isn't it? Who's related to politicians? Join us again on the Amnesia Express. Yeah. There was a comment on uh, the YouTube this morning from the Peter Cushion Appreciation Society, who said yeah. uh, loves the show, which is great. Oh, so thank you, um, thank you for that. Um, but he said. Uh, my, uh, I have watched a number of these, Michael, and you refer to a Peter, uh, Peter Cushing uh, performance in an amicus film, and on all four occasions you have got the film wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ooh, so he don't come to us for accuracy, dear. No. Exactly. He helpfully told not. me it was from Beyond the Grave, so thank you for that, Thank dear you boy. very much for that. Um, yes, look, now you see, the thing is, dear, because what I was thinking about yes. today, the reason that I asked you this question is mm. what's in this big book here. Because 
Is it Playbirds Triple X rated quarterly? It's not, you know, no, it's the not. The king of hedge palm. It's, it, is it? Yeah, it was. I was a trolley pusher when I was 15 at the local hypermarket. And round right. the back, there was some bushes I used to go and hide in and smoke fags when I couldn't be bothered pushing trolleys. Uh, the manager, John Rose, used to leave the store and come looking for me. You know what I mean? It was just like, nice. where is that fucker? And in the hedge round the back, one Saturday, I found a big stack of Playbirds X rated quarterly. All in very decent condition, actually. Just the same issue multiple times or different? No, copies? no, no. It was a comprehensive uh, compendium of oh. said um, tome. And um, I had them for many years. They were uh, they were part of what was an extensive library of pornography. Um, <laughs> culled from all the hedgerows and byways of... Um, or maybe that was a magazine. Um, of the United Kingdom. Um, mm. Yeah, hedgepalm. Now that, now that you've finished with the annuals, maybe maybe it's time to recreate maybe, another. Maybe start um, amassing a collection of Playbirds triple X rated quality. But you'd you'd borrow them out, wouldn't you? You know, you'd have mates around, and because you were like 15, 16, you'd have to show off that you mm. had pawn. I mean, now everyone's got it on the phone, so it's different. Whereas back then it was at a premium, and uh, it denoted oh, yeah. some level of uh, maturity and masculinity. To well, it own did, didn't pawn. it? I. I mean, and people I'm, would I'm, borrow them. They beg you to borrow them, and then you'd ask it. for them back, and they're like, "Oh, I, I've, I broke it, mate." Mm. Meaning, then, it was ruined. There was, there was a VHS going round uh, in school, which had several things on it, which yes. um, Mr. Uh, Scheitel Shag, yeah. Oh no, this was this was sort of like early seventies proper stuff. Oh um, yeah, so, I had some. Of oh that. yeah, lovely stuff made on film. So naturally, I when I finally was able to copy uh, to get a copy of Valerie from the boy who loaned it out, I naturally whizzed off some copies so I would be able to sort of like just. Uh, however, open you were up the, the blockbuster of your school. Oh, absolutely, and then. 20, well, more recently, you know, about 25 years later, I went online and I found that same film. It's still good, still enjoyable. I used to have a tape full of those 70s ones. Mm. Um, and one of them was called The Getaway, and it was like the Sweeney. <laughs> Picture John Thor immediately, of course. Oh. It, it was honestly, it was car coats and all that stuff. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> but it was all, I remember the, the production house of it was Mike. Mike Hunter films because it sounded like it was like it had trailers on it for things mm. like Kiko and Lil. I always remember, yeah. and uh, and at the end of it, it was a Mike Hunter production because <laughs> I always thought it sounded like Mike Hunter, and it does, well, yes. and it, it does, does and that it? was probably the joke, wasn't it? That um, probably was, yeah. So twenty five years later, you you got a digital copy of that. A digital copy, so naturally I don't approve as much because mine had lovely VHS lines occasionally, and it was about a fiftieth generation. I mean, oh, this was. Fair. I mean, I don't know where they all came from. Thinking about it, it's probably a mate's dad. There it was always a, a mate's dad. dad. Yes, there was. Yeah. In my case, there was a dad's mate who had a VHS recorder that I was able to borrow to do the copy of. I think I said I wanted to do a copy of Gremlins or something like that. Ooh, I didn't. On. Uh, Kanachi tapes a... from uh, Richard Sounds, as I recall. Kanachi, I think they were, <coughs> with a gold uh, cover, 99 yeah. pence each, well spent. There was probably a Pawnee version of Gremlins, wasn't there? Because they oh, always did Pawnee so. versions of films. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've certainly seen a Pawnee version of The Matrix and of Top Gun. So, what are they called, then? Uh, there's The Blue Matrix. Right. And, and I think the, the other one... It, 
I don't even think it bothered to change its title, the Top Gun one. I think it was just Top Gun, but the picture Top... told you what to expect. Right, I see. I always thought they missed an opportunity by not doing uh, 48 Hooers and another 48 Hooers. They could have done that quite well. But it doesn't they work unless you know the Scouse pronunciation of whores, which is Hooers. Right, and um, I suppose, in my case, I've got the language barrier, but also, obviously, I don't know what film you're referring to. Of course you don't. Uh, fantastic films, both of them. I watched Top Gun Maverick this week, and it's brilliant. So, no, it's not. It is absolutely brilliant. No, anyway, you were... Convince me to watch it. No, 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 convince me to watch it. Go on, why should I watch Top why Gun Maverick? Why should you watch, watch it? Um, because it speaks... It works at a very emotional level so what that doesn't mean anything does it what do you mean emotional level what emotional experience it was good because it's good put that on the box no absolutely not all that will happen is i'll watch it and i'll get cross because it's tom cruise which is almost as annoying as if it's tom hanks i like tom cruise but you shouldn't why right Okay, we all know the law is if you're over about five foot two, you're not a lady. Yes, we know that one. So is there? He's a... five foot two. So what's what's going on there? So so he's a lady. I'm just putting the question out there. What's going? on? Something's a foot. And no, because he's all something's mental. Something's five isn't he? foot. What? Something's five foot. Never what, mind, what? a foot. <laughs> well, anyway, no, anyway, don't... new things that you don't like. Yes. Right. Lord of the Rings. Rings Brings of me Power. To my book. Brings oh, me it's to not, my book. Oh, right, that's how we got into this. This what is how we got book? into this. Right. right, okay. Roll the sleeves up. Right, now then. Right. So, I watched Lords of the Rings. You watched uh, it? Uh, uh, what's it called? Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I watched it and took notes. Wow. Do you know right. what? What? Again, the phrase, I watch it so you don't have to, comes into play. Absolutely here. Thank I you. Didn't wa- I didn't watch all of it. Okay. By I any will give means. you the floor. Okay. Uh, feel free to interject. So, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Is this all ADR? That's not his voice. I mean, okay. It really isn't. When they talk, it's not quite in sync. Why don't you this... explain to the viewers and listeners what ADR means? ADR is when you sit down in a booth after you've recorded and you re-record the dialogue. And they use it for well, noisy Well, they use it locations. on all those films. All those they... films will be done by that method. They, they do, but... Not badly normally. It doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite sync up. I've got a theory as to why. Ah, um, would it be that they didn't have enough money? Oh, no, it's not that. Um, <laughs> what, with uh, a billion quid me, a series? Few of the... Thi- yes, we're coming to that. Um, too loud, be quiet, all of you. Um, <clears throat> they're climbing a wall of ice. I've seen this on Game of Thrones. But I knew the characters before, so I cared. Already I've lost track of, oh, I don't care. Um, right. I want to watch The Claws of Axos. Oh, uh, uh, that's you know, suddenly I. Realize. Oh yes, I do now. Yeah, um, the, th- the the title sequence comes in after seventeen minutes and forty five seconds, Good which, as God. I've said, that's the length of an episode of Crossroads. Why aren't I watching Crossroads? Then the hobbits appear, and Lenny Henry, who is a hobbit, apparently. Right. Okay. Now I hate hobbits. Out of all the mythological things. Yeah, I think I I hate hobbits more than anything, and I'm not sure why. Because you, but I have. One. Well, it's <laughs> that's why it couldn't be that. No, they're just bollocks, aren't they? They're st- I hate hobbits, so I've put here. I love um, hobbits. What? I love hobbits. Why? Because 
The Hobbit is wonderful. In what way? It's absolutely not. It's just this stupid gnome ass thing. And then they go, oh, they've got big feet. But the director on this load of shite wants to do massively wide shots. So all the time, all you can spot is the CGI or prosthetic feet on these actors. And you go, really? This looks like bullshit. Oh, yeah. Really? At all that expense, it looks shit. Oh, it doesn't look shit. It just doesn't look good. And the. Okay. Uh, Right, okay, so I've then I've gone on a bit about how I, it would be really good to see a, a war between hobbits and wombles because the wombles would piss it, as I've put. Um, but it keeps jumping. It gets sort of like chapters. So it gives you a chapter of this and a chapter of that. But the trouble <clears> is I don't know the characters. So it's like, oh, we finished the Xena warrior princess bit, have we? Now we're with the dwarves. It's like, have we dropped that for good? Or <coughs> awful. Um... The capital city of the High Elves is called Linden. That's lazy. That's just one letter. London. It's just bollocks. Is bollocks. it called that in the books? I don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. Why would I? I wouldn't read the books. I thought um, you'd have at least uh, had the graphic novel, novel by Dave Gibbons. I wouldn't have anything of it in the house. Absolutely not. Fair um, hyperbole and cobblers that I should apparently care about. They sound they like love- a double act. Yeah, they love playing with depth of field. Ooh, Ooh uh. someone got a new toy, have they? They've clearly got some sort of new fancy lens. That's right. what's costing them all the time. Pampite music, no. Absolutely uh, not. I think, is that it? Oh, no, hang on. Um, it needs... Oh, what accent is this? I mean, it's just bollocks, the whole thing. Awful, awful. And the issue, biggest issue, of course, is that it's going to destroy television, Michael. Because a billion quid... This a billion is, is that for real? This is for real. A billion quid. Is it not and, billion hobbit tokens or something? No, dollars no, no, or this whatever is a billion use. quid. And about half of that has gone straight to the Tolkien estate. That's surprising, Isn't it? Surprisingly, they went, oh, yes, you could make the series in exchange for half a billion quid. And But That's my worry insane. now is what's going to happen is TV is suddenly going to go in this way of budgets matter. And the thing is, budget shouldn't mm. matter in mm. telly. Telly costs more than people think, right? I yeah. always remember when I first went to the BBC in 1996. And in 1996, a 25-minute Blue Peter cost £60,000. Right. That's nearly 30 years ago. You know, telly costs more than people realise. Mm. But it shouldn't cost a billion quid. That's just absurd no. because we're, that's going beyond trying to create cinema. And when I watch this production, I find it wasteful. There'll be costumes for a scene that has no dialogue and lasts four seconds. And then a change of costume again. You just think, this is... So, waste. with the original Lord of the Rings, the, is this Peter Jackson again? No, 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 no. Is it and wetter? The, Tol- the Tolkien estate don't actually approve of the Peter Jackson films. Nor do I, obviously. But- is this not wetter, then, Jackson's company? I have no idea. I didn't watch to the credits, dear. I managed half of it and I put the claws of Axos on. I just thought... That's a very wise choice. Um, Oh, it was awful. I'm presuming it'll still be the same people, but I don't know. Um, But originally... So, 20-odd years ago when them films were made, Mm. even then, the battle sequences were AI, weren't they? Yeah, They weren't... weren't So, is is it possible that these scenes you're on about with no dialogue, that some of those people aren't real? Right. We're talking about the speech and stuff right now then. So here's what I think you've got. What I think you've got is the mouths are slightly out of sync because mm. I think the mouths are being moved by AI. 
Okay. I think the actors have performed it, absolutely performed it. But what I suspect, and I suspect, what they've done is they've altered the shape of the mouths to fit the dialogue afterwards. The same British actors may have recorded the di- dialogue, doing all heightened bullshit that means nothing of Astagars and all this shite. Yeah. But on the other hand, the computer has then synced their lips up to the ADR. And I was wondering why. And then I came onto an idea. And I think... If you look at how many languages it's in, it's in about ah. 30, 32 languages. So I thought, right, let's go on to French. So I put yes. it on to French language. And the mouths sort of fit French as well. Right. So I think we've got a bit of an AI thing, which annoys me. Because, of mm. course, there's part of the performance art being taken away. Yes. The way we move, use our mouths, the way we use our faces displays an awful lot. And I don't want a computer doing that, really. It's dear. not just the... It's not just your mouth moving when we're communicating. There's all kinds of other clues going on, aren't there, on the face that are almost imperceptible. That's why, that's what separates a good actor from a great one, that you can see the intention. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. You know, they're they're living that moment. And I think the moment... And that's why, chiefly, to me, the whole thing of, you know, when I say cinema... Cinema is an inferior art form. What I, what I really mean, of course, is that cinema will never show you a live performance because every shot is set up and lit differently. And that scene between two people having a conversation might look simple, but it will mm. have taken days to shoot it, probably. Whereas in TV, you perform it multi-camera, you get that real performance, don't you? Um, yeah, well, I think Scorsese's the one who said that a film is a dream. Mm. You know? Mm. It's it's a dream. It's not reality. It's not. It's sort of. Yeah, I ain't sure about this. I mean, I got bored of. I enjoyed the first Lord of the Rings film. I went to the cinema and watched that. I thought it was spectacular. Um, Ian McKellen is towering, and the whole thing just pivots around his performance. But then Ian McKellen's just mesmerising to me anyway, whenever he's on screen. Um, The second Lord of the Rings film, sort of enjoyed. Third one, mm, uh, but by the time they... Because I think they've made three Hobbit films as well. Yes, they have, yes. So they were all poo. Um, (laughs) So God knows what this series is like. It's it's not for me. Maybe if it was on a big cinema screen, I'd go, oh, I can see where the money's gone. Yeah. But all I can see is CGI, and it could be incredibly detailed, and like you, you know, I've recently purchased a nice big new telly that's all fancy 4K, or I don't Mm. know what it is. It's just, you know, there's no point watching shitty old Prince of the Marriage lines on it, but that's what I use it for. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure maybe it'll look beautiful in IMAX or something, but it's just a bit wasted. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've not watched it, and I can't see myself watching it. It's just, it's one of those things that, uh, as uh, Ian Holm in the first Hobbit film, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, film says, um, you know, um, I feel like something like I feel like too little butter spread across too much bread, mm. and. Um, I think that that's what these are like now. They're just really stretching it to the max. Um, That less is more thing doesn't seem to be, you know, it's like with Doctor Who now. It's like all things. Like when you were a kid, the reason why uh, fascination persisted with so many of these things was because the majority of the fantasy resided within your imagination. And Mm. you had that scope, didn't you? So there are 12 faulty towers. That's your lot. There are... 
you know, a certain finite amount of things. And so they had a kind of exclusivity. Mm. Um, that things now, the ten a penny, I mean, it's like when Doctor, even when Doctor Who just came back, you had Doctor Who Confidential and you had this and you had that. And it's like, well, sometimes, you know, less is more. And I don't mm. always want to see behind the curtain. So I'm presuming that this new um, Lord of the Rings thing has got like a companion show that tells you how they did everything. No. It's Stop bound it. to have something like it's that. It's got to have it? some. They always will. I mean, I think maybe my ultimate worry with it is that if it now becomes a bit of a pissing race in terms of how much money are you going to spend on TV, what? You, I mean, when you say new Who there, new Doctor Who, you could produce, on the money they've spent on this series, you could produce every single episode since it came back in 2005 ten times over. <laughs> That's oh, how much yeah. cash we're talking. And that series had 100-odd episodes. I mean, that's obscene. <clears throat> I hate to say, I think for television, that's obscene. Television needs an immediacy, and you're not going to get an immediacy here. Is the $500 million to the Tolkien estate, is that so they now own the intellectual property on all of it? No. Good God, no, no. No. This, no, no, no. This doesn't feature any of the characters from the books. It features concepts from the books, names of things from the books. It features the, like, Middle Earth and that sort of landmass name. It can feature all those, not the characters. They've not got the characters. So they've so, paid all that for some for a, for a map, essentially. So, Strongarm, what mm. has been... Uh, how has it been received on social media? Um... <sighs> Probably, I don't know. I've not looked, but I bet you now it's. Uh, you'll have fifty yeah. percent of people who are top <coughs> lovers who are saying this is wonderful. Fifty percent of people going, eh, hate it. You know, I don't know which way that is going to go, but that's right. what you're going to get, isn't it? And ultimately, I'll just be in the middle, going, shouldn't have bothered then, should you? Because that's my mm. feeling. Shouldn't I, I, I wonder if they've just pushed it too far. I mean, the, is this Disney again? Amazon. Okay. Hmm. Because I know Disney have, have bought all the Star Wars, haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're they just completely making spin-offs and, and blah, 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 and expanding it all. I, I don't know. It's just poo. It's just poo. It was poo yeah. after the first three films, at the very least. See, at Christmas, I used to buy the um, DVDs with the... Uh, I've got a few of them knocking about here. You got models with them, you know? So the first year, <clears throat> I think you got a golem holding a fish. You know, like a little ornament thing. Right, okay. Um, and I bought them. And they were expanded editions of the films, and they were bloody long enough anyway. Mm. You know, but you got like eight discs or something, and loads of making ofs. And... Oh, so, yeah, because aren't they three hours a piece? Or yeah, the three hours, but the expanded editions have got like another half hour or another hour or something like that. Oh, um, no. And I got bored of them because of that. <coughs> it's yeah. just... Mm, yeah. I find it all very boring. It's a great example of how something which, like I say, lived in my imagination as a kid because I read the books mm. has been just sort of dragged out and beaten to death. It's just no. And I suppose also the other thing that I was doing here, of course, is I'm freeze framing and I'm shuffling backwards and forwards with the old, you know, the old Amazon remote that doesn't yeah. always do as I say. But then yesterday, because I'm still re-watching Tenko, Yesterday, oh God, it's it's so much better than anything. Oh, right. In a minute, I'll explain something. Okay. But in episode nine, a crucial character dies because she's got shot. Right, 
and the the Japanese guards want information out of it. And I remember seeing this when it went out, which was 1984, right? And I remember it cuts to the inside of where this woman is, and there's someone sticking his fingers, Sato, Captain Sato, sticking his fingers into the wound with this look on his face. I remember that so much, and I came to this episode, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. My memory... Uh, the memory of that when I was, mm. what, nine or so is so printed here. It was so horrifying and I was so wrapped up and so involved that as far as I'm concerned, that happened. Now that I see that it didn't, but for some reason it's just reinforced in my head, oh, that, no, that did happen. They just cut afterwards, that sort of thing. But, oh, the writing, the writing, the two-handers is, they are skillfully done. It's almost like a series of playlets just yeah. designed to demonstrate character. And when you've got Anne Bell and Stephanie Cole, oh, mate, oh, it's, it's nectar. I, I know it's good, and I've not watched any, any of oh, it, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to send some your way. Just give it a go. It's stunning <coughs> stuff. And you wouldn't get it now. I mean, probably because it was filmed in a quarry in Dorset, um, which you completely accept as being a little island in Japan. But, of course, now it will be done with the, one of those infinity screens. What's it called? The, the Void or the Arse. Oh, yes, yes. The Chamber. Some mm. bollocks like that. They do it with that now. But lovely. Have you got any new nice things this week, though? Um, I have, but not to hand. Um, so we'll explore that in the next edition, seeing Ooh. as we're putting out two a week now. Oh, yes. um, we'll see how they work. I'm a bit unsure about this 30-minute format. It seems a little... You wouldn't believe it was any different, would you? But no. it, for some reason... And it is no different, but when it's sort of... When it's on your mind that you've got to wrap things by 30 minutes, we're, we're letting people see behind the curtain here, dear. Well, we this are. is like Maybe an they extra. don't want that. It's Maybe like they you're don't watching want that. Totally Doctor Who or something. Totally that... Doctor Who, yeah. That was poor yeah. as well, wasn't it? Wasn't oh. that CBBC? Yes, it was, yeah. That's right. No. The, the, yeah, no? No. Yeah, the kiddos liked it, though. Yeah, I'm sure they did. It and for. it is for them, so hey. Yeah. Hey, I like yeah. not knowing anything. I, I liked how you'd get, like, you know, you'd, your auntie would cut out a tiny little paragraph that was in the Daily Mirror about yeah. a show you loved. And you'd go round there on the Saturday, and it's like, oh, look, I cut this out for you. And you oh, oh, what, Fraser Hines, what, what? And you'd be really sort of like, there'd be a little snippet that had oh, sort yes. of bled through about uh, your favourite programme. That was that was what I liked. Oh, I like that too. That was really when there wasn't that. much about... That there was, was the nothing. Perfect. There was no TV toys or anything. Or if yeah. there were, they were kind of really scarce. It's like them Wurzel Gummidge Bendy dolls. Um, and, you, you know, you knew of them and you saw adverts for them, but you go to the toy shop and, like, the main toy shop in your town. Oh, yeah, we we had three. They've gone. Mm. And it's like, huh. But now there'd just be stacks and stacks of these bloody things. Well, there would be. But, again, this is why the internet's not the best. I mean, one, because it gave us this Lord of the Rings piss but also i suppose because that whole thing of having to go to ogre books and having to search yeah. that's gone so i mean my nice thing this week okay um is because is for that same reason because I, i've now got an app on my phone which basically says yes i can find that for you is that, uh. that's but insane the, is this the discogs? joy of discovery is gone this is discogs so on i think it was Monday or Tuesday this week because we've been working jolly hard uh, and I thought yeah I thought I deserve like. a thing yes. so I just had a look for um, a spot of Humphrey Littleton here he is beautiful it's Great Humphrey Littleton well. South Bank Swing Sessions he's recorded live at the Queen Elizabeth Hall London Lovely. this is this is beautiful stuff oh I bet so, it is 
that was my little treat to myself. Oh yeah, oh. I bought a telly, didn't I? You did. Yeah, is it's that not here yet? Ooh, when's that arriving? Um, Tuesday probably. Oh, oh Tuesday, as John Peel yeah. used to say. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. So I've not got anything nice this week, mm. sadly. Uh, well, I sh- have, but it's downstairs. I'll get oh. it for I'll get it for Wednesdays. Yeah, <laughs> <coughs> you can all wait till Wednesday. Um, yes, there you go. Tempting so, Lord of the back. Rings, no. Hedge porn, absolutely one. one. Yes, if I had to keep one and put the other into room one hundred and one, yes, it would be hedge porn. It would. Oh, I'd have to keep the hedge porn. Yes, kept you going. You know, do you remember the oh eight nine eight numbers in the back? I, I do. I remember the adverts on telly for them. Oh, I, I remember the adverts <coughs> on on telly for all sorts of chat lines. But I remember there was some in the back of. I've, Think I may have bought the Daily Sport on a couple of occasions. Uh, not, not for those reasons. Not for those reasons. I used to like the headlines. Well, this is the thing. I remember the Daily Sport one day. It would have been about nineteen eighty-seven or something. Um, but on the front page, it had this thing about there was a giant space cow heading towards Earth, and there is nothing we can do about Brilliant. it. Brilliant. And I saw that, and I thought it's on a newspaper. Therefore, it's true. So I bought the Daily Sport. <coughs> News agent by Penny Lane looked rather confused at me doing this. And I took it home and then realised quite early on that it was a manatee that they just superimposed mm. on a background. But then I opened it. <coughs> well, of course. And Bus found on look. moon. Oh, that sort of thing. Yeah, but in the back, dirty <coughs> 0898 speak to dirty ladies who'll say things. And... Do you remember yeah. phone cards that you could purchase? To I remember like phone it. cards. I've still got a Christmas phone card in the drawer over there that I, I somehow had. Uh, um, I, I don't. I thoroughly used mine up. Oh, it's used. It's well used. But for some reason, I kept it. Oh, my mum did. I don't know. I've got one. It's probably worth no, I, nothing on eBay. Nothing at all. <coughs> but no, they worth everything to me because I could phone up and listen to someone who told me that they were twenty and blonde. But let's face it, they wouldn't have been. Oh, you actually rang these numbers? Oh yes, I rang those numbers. Oh, after I see. Them in the that puts sport. a different oh. spin on things. Oh yeah, hence the phone card because I thought, oh, if I've got phone cards, I can't be tracked or something. Fuck knows what I was thinking of, dear. Oh yes. I suppose the modern equivalent is Babe Station, which is still a thing. Hmm. Which is what live TV became. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still I'm, a thing, that. It's still a thing. I'm rather proud to have worked for the forerunner of Babe Station. Yes, undermining the boys of England since 2000. That's the sort of thing, yes. Yes, yes. You're part of what has eroded the social fabric, of course. I was thinking that the other day when I was getting all cross about something that I watched that was common. And not as down common to as you. The Lord of the Rings. Well... Maybe there's some small involvement that I should apologise for. I, yeah, I, I, I suspect so. if I was to write the list of ideas I had at live TV and some of them that were put on telly, I think that I'd be in trouble with the ladies. Yes, I think you would. I think you should write a full and frank apology and post it on Twitter today. For the ladies to read. Yes, yes, yes. Like an MP. But I wasn't... Do you remember when... A disgraced MP. What's her name? What was her name? And uh, Got her bottom out and was projected onto the House of Commons. Yes. Who was that? Gail uh, Porter. Gail Porter, yes. I like that. Yes, we all like that, dear. More innocent mm. times, of course. Well, they were. That was, what, 97? <laughs> Things could only get better. But that's that's the thing about 1997. There was a sense of optimism in the air. Mm. And then he ruined it all by just revealing he was Satan like some uh, Scooby-Doo monster. 
But we had three nice years or so. Maybe four. There you go. <clears throat> Maybe you four. Oh, that's all right then. Forgive and forget, I say. Oh, God, no. Tony Blair is, is the devil. He shall never oh, okay. be forgiven. Um, fair enough. He shall never be forgiven. If we have a new Nuremberg, he'll be first up. Do you think he'd get off? He'd talk his way out of it, wouldn't he? I think he... Well, I mean, has he actually committed a, a crime? Not one that just exists because you're cross, but something on a statute book sort of thing. Well, there's probably something in the Nuremberg Code about slaughtering a million innocent people based upon a lie that you knew to be a lie. I would suggest. Well, well there might be. Yeah, I think, I think genocide's fairly frowned upon under international law. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like your mate Alistair Campbell. It's, it's the same, same bloke, different socks. But he occasionally says things which I completely agree with. I'm especially sure Hitler would have done. Well, he wouldn't have said things about the BBC I agree with, and Alistair Campbell does. He probably so. would. He probably liked the BBC, Hitler. I'm sure he settled down, you know, he had a ein guilty pleasure um, and settled down and listened to... Um, Itmar. Itmar, yeah, Tommy Anley. <laughs> I reckon he'd have loved you know. that. I think he would. I think I he think would. So. I yes. will see you now, sir. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know? Go. Yeah, there uh, you are. So you and Hitler and Alistair Comedy Campbell. brings us all together. There we go. There you go. I'll sat round being happy. <laughs> and on that note, we have reached the end of whatever this was. So mm. until Wednesday, hey, hey, mm. hey, uh, we wish you a lovely three days. And until the next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice